Hello and welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. Thank you for joining me whenever you are joining me, whether that is on uh, the podcast platforms or on YouTube. Uh, I'm very excited to be back here. It's only a day later, actually, and that's a uh, that's a new one for. It's actually a. It's been a while since I've gotten a couple podcasts out back to back. I guess is what is what I'm trying to say. So. Thank you for coming back and joining me again. I hope you enjoyed last night's episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it listening back to it. So hope you got as much out of it as I did. But as you may have read, if you read the description that I posted here, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, manifestation today and outcomes specifically. I, I believe that there's a, a way in which we... It connects to kind of the way we go about life in the modern day, that linear way of thought that I talked about yesterday. This perspective, this mode of thinking that we get kind of, we've, we've gotten addicted to in the modern day. It, the linear fashion, the way it lays out the world puts too much emphasis on the outcome and not enough emphasis on the journey or the path. That's the distilled version of what I want to get into today. But to start out, like I've done in most of these episodes, I want to start with a quick quote for you. Before we do that, uh, please check me out if you haven't already on my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon pages. If you want to support me, uh, there's links to do that there. Thank you for your support up until now. Let's get right into it. This is a quote by Craig D. Loonsbro, and I'm not familiar with him. Uh, looks like he's a modern person, somebody that's still living, so um, we'll try to look him up maybe. We wonder why it has come to this, and eventually it came to us, that our decisions could do nothing other than to come to this, but the realization of that came a bit too late. I think what Craig, uh, Mr. Loonsboro is talking about here uh, is something like the comedy within life. There's this um, seeking we have. It's like we have this thirst deep down, human beings do, that we want to know everything. Right? We want to fill in all the gaps. And with the tools we're given as we're grown, as we grow up, as we're kind of taught to, to view the world in a very specific way, we lose track of how to interpret the communication, the data that is ever present. You know, the guideposts that guide you along the, the way to your, your, your outcome, your, your ultimate manifestation, the real you. There's a way in which we trick ourselves out of that knowing. We talked a little bit about this yesterday as well. We forget that we know how to guide ourselves. The way we forget is something like losing the, the, the aspect of the child that dreams. And not necessarily just the aspect of the child that dreams, but the aspect of the child that believes the dreams are how you make reality. I remember a very specific, this is an anecdote of mine, right? Um, a, a very specific time frame when I was a kid where I can, I can 
vividly remember how much more real this process felt when I was a kid. I think this was, this had, I was, when I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, so I was fairly young. This was in like 98 or 99, so that would have put me in like first grade. But I used to, uh, after school, excuse me, because my parents worked late, I used to stay after school at one of the after school daycare programs, right? And I remember I, one of the things I would get extremely excited about is if one of my, my parents would come early to pick me up, right? If, uh, if I didn't have to stay there until like five or six at night, if I, if they came at like two or three and picked me up, I got extremely excited by that. And I remember that I wanted that to happen every day, but it didn't happen every day. Right? So in my child head, the way that I automatically envisioned making that happen was by dreaming it. So what I would do was play with the idea, envision, think about, and dream about the idea of my dad walking in through those double doors at 2.30, right when I got out of school or whatever it was, right? And I would focus on it, I would focus on it, and I would focus on it, right? And you could argue that I'm playing a numbers game here right? That what I was doing there was just, hey, I want my parents to show up here and I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming about it and hoping about it, but there's no connection between that and what happens in the physical world. Some people would argue that, right? That you're playing a numbers game. If you think about that all the time and want it, it's eventually going to happen, right? They're going to show up early one day and pick you up, which is true. But I think that kind of thinking is exactly that secular worldview, the linear thought, logical mind pulling you away from belief and faith in general, the process through which you manifest novelty in the world. Kids practice this, but we train it out of them. We train it out of them because it was trained out of us. It's somewhat of a subconscious thing, I think, at play here. But that I did that, and I remember this one there was this one week that I really just, I remember I was like, man, I, I'm tired of staying here, I'm bored, I really want my dad to show up today and I remember I was sitting there thinking and dreaming about it almost all day and then when I got off school at about 245 he walked in the room in those double doors exactly how I would had imagined it right and picked me up early and there was a feeling of yeah that's how you do it (laughs) Which, like I said, I'm sure it seems trivial because it's a trivial matter I'm talking about. But the process isn't trivial. Just because it's true and trivial in a trivial fashion doesn't make it any less impactful, any less meaningful, right? That what I'm talking about here and just described to you, I think, is the process of manifestation. Some of you that are watching this or or listening to this may have watched a, a movie called The Secret. And I'm not going to tell you to go watch the movie called The Secret because I think it's a very misleading movie. Because what I believe that movie does, and I'm not trying to tear it down necessarily, but I'm trying to kind of warn others against the idea and how it manipulates it. Because what, from what I can tell, what that movie The Secret does, and if you're interested, definitely take a look, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, it takes this idea of belief, right? Of dreaming, of taking your dreams and manifesting them. 
and it perverts it in some way. And I don't know exactly how, but I think what it is, is it's something like it takes the sacrificial aspect out of it. Like if you go back to the example I just used with me in school, there's a way in which at that simple level, what I was sacrificing was like the simplest thing. It was like time and energy as a kid, right? My focus. My sacrifice was my focus. But that life in general and most most of the times, the things that you are desiring, the outcomes you're focusing on, they're disconnected from the you, the deep you, that child. So that the process of manifesting whatever it is is much more complicated because within that, you know, that simplified process I just described to you, we've placed barriers through which we can't, that we can't see past in, in some ways from the perspectives we've taken on as we've grown up, as we've shed the thing we called, call child and put on the coat we call adult. And eventually it came to us that our decisions could do nothing other than to come to this, but the realization of that came a bit too late. We wonder why it has come to this. <laughs> we wonder why our dreams don't come into reality. We look at movies like The Secret for advice on how to get there. And what we get in there is something like, it's simple, just think about it. Think about it, think about it, think about it. But it's, 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 it is too simple because it doesn't properly identify how complicated the lives of each of these individuals are. The people that they present in that movie as examples of, of people that have benefited from this process. There's an, over, there's an overgeneralization that happens there. That what each individual had to do to make that manifestation happen was something very deeply personal and individual. It was some hurdle that was very specific to them, right? There's an, that's the sacrifice. That be, the reason the sacrifice was so minimal when I was a child in that very, very trivial example, I think, was because I was deeply connected to what I wanted at a basic level. Love. My father. Right? I wanted to be with them. And so there's nothing in the way of that. <laughs> right? There's nothing in the way of manifesting that. There's no hurt. There's no fear, there's no resentment, nothing built up. And so what you can do is manifest exactly what your internal desire is through thinking about it, visualizing it, dreaming about it, and focusing on the feeling that you'll get when it's here. It's like bringing the energy field, the energy, the resonance that's necessary into the physical reality, aligning with that energy in order to welcome what you're visioning into being you welcome it in, right? When we talk about yesterday being attached between the physical plane and kind of the eternal plane, that you translate this, the way you translate what is deemed fit to be in physical world 
is through aligning energetically with the universal idea of it, the dream world, the feeling you get when you think about it. What you can probably notice is if you take one of your deeply held dreams, if you try to, and it may be hard because again, all of us have an ego hiding this from us at some level, to some degree, me included. And so defining what you truly want is difficult. But if you try to take what you think you want right now and you try to focus on it, what you'll start to see, you'll get an image. But what you'll start to see is kind of the place you want to end up, right? It's like the beginning of this visualization, the dream world, being in the place you want to be. But a complicated dream, something that's big, that has mass to it, weight, right? In order to actually align properly energetically, it's not like you just get to think of the idea of having it, right? It's too simple. And that's what I'm trying to pick apart somewhat in the secret is that's too simple. That's not, that's an oversimplified idea of what we're talking about here, manifestation. Only envisioning the ending result is something like wanting to get nourishment from eating without actually moving a spoon to your mouth, right? It's like wanting to get nourishment from food by thinking about it. What's necessary is all of the steps that are in between where you are now physically and energetically and where you want to be. Now, what most people do and what I've done most of my life as well is focus on that outcome only because it's the most, it's the clearest, it's the highest resolution in some ways. We, we, we devote so much. Dreaming is a necessity. You can't just, it's like you can try to disconnect from the dream world, but you're going to dream. You have to sleep, right? <laughs> so it's like, there's a, there's a way in which our dreams, we cannot, we don't control them, I guess is what I'm getting at. We don't manufacture them. Your dreams come from something deeper, that soul, that eternal thing. It's, it's, it's that Akashic record speaking through the soul, right? And your desire, your dream speaks of your purpose, right? Which is why it demands that you figure out how to get to that endpoint. I'm not saying that you're wrong for dreaming of outcomes because it's kind of the only, like I said, the highest resolution part of the image that we have. Where we go wrong is in over-focusing, keeping our vision only on the outcome and not allowing the outcome to morph somewhat. Yesterday we talked a little bit about how time itself that I have argued and I don't think that time exists in the way that we think about it. And so that 
asking whether the universe is predetermined, then also at the same time asking whether we have free will, the answer you'll get I, that I've gotten is something like yes and yes, right? That because we've made this assumption that time is a physical thing, We think that everything plays out linearly, but it's actually not really how this is structured. The past, the present, and the now are not separate things. It's a very hard idea to wrap your head around. So that if the past, the present, and the future aren't separate things, there's an interplay that goes on there. And there's like a leverage point or a mechanism at the individual level that we call free will. That is one of the ways in which that is manipulated, right? I guess is what I'm getting at. That seems to argue against the idea of it being predetermined, fixed. And I guess what I, I guess what I'm getting at is the idea of something being predetermined but not fixed. Right? The journey, not the outcome. That what life is, all of it, 99% of it, is the journey. That what you'll find is any mountain you climb, there is a peak, there's an end to that mountain, right? But that the moment in which you experience that peak, the fruition of the dream, whatever it is, the moment it, it's, you can't hold on to it, it's fleeting, which is f deeply frustrating, it's existentially frustrating. Which is why focusing on the outcome is a dangerous thing, too. Because it places you in a mental state in which you're constantly looking for something that you'll never have. You're constantly wanting to hold on to an impermanent thing permanently. It's like trying to live forever or something like that. This process of developing the podcast and developing myself, testing out some of these philosophical ideas on myself and seeing how they play out, is what has created the outcome in which I sit in now. Which, if I'm honest with myself, and look back over the last year or so, maybe a little longer than that, through which this has taken place, what I realize is like 
I have been going where I want to head. Like I'm going in the direction I want to go. And I've come a long way. It's like once you walk up the hill and look back, you see how far you've came, right? Something like that. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because of the journey aspect of it. It's something like learning to appreciate the journey, right? As I've done that, as I've sat here and as I've, this last couple of weeks, it's why I've been talking so much about myself is because I've been very trying to introspective, trying to figure out, okay, where am I? right? Get my bearings and where have I come? What I've realized is that the value is not in where I'm at. The value is in everything I have done to get here, right? Not only that, but what I find is even though all of the things I've done to get here were, those were some of the most exceedingly unpleasant things I've had to do in my life. Now, when I look at them, their strengths, And the dragons that existed because of those don't exist anymore. There's this weird way in which I can be honest with myself, look internally and be like, are you there? Nope. <laughs> right? So that in a weird way, the journey becomes the destination. The journey becomes the destination constantly. So that... If you are awake, in a sense, if you started the dialogue in which we were talking about yesterday, an internal one through which you try to recognize who you are, what you are at a deep level, if you started that dialogue, you can, you can start to recognize what, what the next step needs to be, right? Because that's the hard thing. It's like, well, that's cool. You're, you're happier where you are. You're happy with where you came from. All of the things in between. How did you do that, right? Well, I think it's something like, like, how did you figure out how to start on that path? You know, that's that's one thing I've, I think is the hardest part. The hardest part of any 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 excursion is like the first step, right? It's always when everything is mounted against you. And every step you take, the shorter, the, you know, the closer you become to your destination, right? So it's, it's something like the process of starting the conversation internally is the first step. The second step is something like finding the courage or the strength internally, which exists within you. It exists within all of us to be honest in that conversation internally, the dialogue, right? Once you've started it. A lot of times that takes a while to get to. <laughs> Once you get to a place where you're honest, you finally can start to see what you need to work on. Where am I not well put together? Honestly, what am I bad at? Not just in like a tangible way, right? In a spiritual way, in an emotional way. What parts of you aren't well put together and how do you fall? Like what, what when prodded makes you fall apart, right? Once you're willing to see that, then you can see, oh, I can fix that. Because it has nothing to do with anybody else besides you. 
the only person actually that has control over it is you. Those things that I'm talking about, right? Those aspects of you that aren't well put together. So that to find the first step on the journey, you have to be willing to go inside. Yes, you have to have an idea of where you want to go, right? A direction of sorts. But that in focusing on the outcome, kind of what we do, and this is what I've been trying to get to, but I think it's somewhat of a complicated idea. And focusing on the outcome, what we do is miss the beauty that's unfolding in front of us in the now. We keep ourselves in the future place. A place which, it's a, it's a frame of mind and a perspective in which that what isn't real isn't real in that way. But we think about it that way. And so what we do when we focus only on the on the obstacle or on the on the objective on the on the finishing line is we embody only the energy of the finishing line. But like I just said earlier, there's a lot of blockades, a lot of hurdles in between you and that finishing line. Stuff that you don't want to see. Nobody wants to see and sacrifices you are not going to want to make. But just because you decide one day that yeah, I think I'm ready to have everything done now and you're like I'm going to get into the energetic space of finish line Mm-mm. because the obstacle standing in front of you it's a different energy <laughs> requires a different energy to get over that obstacle and then the next one requires a different energy that you're gonna have to adjust to to get over that one and on and on but what unfolds in that is your true purpose and oftentimes what happens is as you do that and become more willing to change your energetic level, your frequency to match the obstacle that's in front of you in order to go towards whatever your purpose is, the finish line changes. You start to realize that, oh, what I'm doing when I focus on a specific time and space and place is I'm limiting myself. Isn't that odd? You're limiting yourself. The possibility of what you could be. You're starting from a place where you're obscured from yourself, wrapped in your ego. Obviously, because you're listening to me right now, right? If you're sitting in that place where you're starting on this journey and you're trying to get going, you're obscure, you're, the things that you need to do, that journey, that process, is so complicated and intricate that you, there's no way you could see it beforehand. To have the foresight to see beforehand would make you something akin to a god. It's a kind of knowing that you really need to watch inside of yourself, the desire for, because it's it's a it's it, it is a, a sinful type of way to think that I should know all of that. That no, you're not meant to know all of it. You're meant to go through all of it. <laughs> and how do you go through something and take anything out of it when you know the outcome? We talked about at the end of last uh, yesterday's episode about how deep the idea of Jesus Christ, the embodiment of God on the cross is, him questioning and forgetting himself through the suffering and pain that comes from being embodied in the human form. This world, everything that we go through, and the necessity for suffering, causes him to question God's own motives within himself. That's how difficult this process is. That God himself can hide from himself. If you think you're not going to hide shit from yourself, you see how you start to play into the idea that you're akin to a God. Not even a God was above that. 
when playing the same game you're playing. So and another way to look at it is be easy on yourself then. What can you do to fix yourself right now completely? Nothing. You don't need to be fixed. You're meant to go through something. You have everything you need to go through it right now. Stop thinking about getting through it already and being done. Because the funnier thing is too, is if you really allow yourself to be honest and think about the outcome, you'll realize that you don't want to be there. Truly. Why? Because then you don't, then, then you have to think about where to go again. It's the problem that you see most people that have unlimited resources in this world that most of us would like to have and objectively seems like a good idea, but it, it's, it's the hurdle that they seem to have to overcome. That once you reach a certain level of wealth where attaining things is, there's not really a hurdle to that anymore. When you're able to kind of just skip over things and get to the finish line in whatever way you envision, what you'll learn, either quickly or not, depending on how you go through that process, uh, is that there's no value without the journey. And you know this too at a deeper level. Think about your fondest memories. We like to kind of structure in our head our memories as little, I don't know, kind of like ornaments on a tree, right? And little snapshots or pictures or you get my meaning of these happy points in our life. All memory this way, but I'm talking about happy ones. But if you take one of those ornaments, one of those memories, and you zoom in on it, what you'll see is that it's not that one point in time. Never is. It's not one ornament. The one ornament's connected to all of the other ones in a very intricate way. And the reason it is placed on your tree, the reason it's connected to every other one is because every other one was necessary in the making of that one. We really do oversimplify this, but it is simpler than we think. <laughs> we oversimplify in the wrong way, maybe? Something like that? When you think about those memories, you'll notice that as you unpack that one ornament, it's connected to memory after memory after memory. Oftentimes it's a certain feeling, right? A feeling that spans each of those little ornaments. Maybe it's a place. And that place spans each of those little ornaments. Maybe it's a person. Same thing. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. The more intricate we allow that to become, the more comfortable with the idea of that intricacy I'm talking about there we become, the more naturally our life unfolds. 
the more value the journey has. And there's a limitless amount of value you can pull out of each moment that you get to spend here. Because the way I like to think about this, and this is a deeply spiritual belief of mine, but like I've said before, I think that there's past lives. I think we've done this before. Not only in this form, but in many different forms. Basically every other living form you see around us. And that object, I hate using the objective word, but it is kind of, it seems to be an objective truth that the human being from what we have now is something like the most complicated form of nature we know. It's the Rolex. (laughs) So that In the lottery of the of life in the universe, pulling a human being is like winning the lottery. Because the human being really is something that has effect. It has perspective. It is conscious. And it has, in its ideal form, will to power. The ability to span those two worlds, the eternal and the physical. It has the ultimate power to create. Something that makes us in the image of God. Little creators. Little version of the big man or woman. so that you can harmonize with your outcomes and play with them instead of holding on to them, right? Allow yourself to love the process, the curiosity that comes along with not knowing, embracing that fear and turning it into a curiosity of sorts. Realizing the beauty of that unknown that is your life. And at a deeper, even more beautiful level, how crazy it is that you have everything you need Is there anything more to say, right? That you just have to look at what people have done. And it's easy to look at what people have done in a negative way, but it's actually pretty easy to find crazy stuff, impressive, mind-blowing things that people have done. All you have to do is look. And then if you're not too wrapped in that ego you're having that honest conversation with yourself, what you'll find is you don't have a a desire to compete with those people. Not in a way to tear them down. Maybe something like a divine competition. A desire to call out of you something as unique and beautiful as what that individual has given to you and the world. That it's not about 
taking from the world. It's about giving to it. Giving yourself to the world. How do you give something you don't know exists? You can't. That frustration that we feel and feeling stuck, feeling like, well, maybe you watched The Secret and I've been putting the money on my wall and I've been visioning really hard about getting to this place I think I want to be. And it's not working. You don't need to have that frustration in your life because you're doing it wrong. It may not feel like it in the moment, but that's what I think you're doing. That's what I've done. That's what I've identified in myself that I was doing. So maybe you are as well, right? There's times in your life when you're going to need to go internally, when you're going to need to pull back from the world, when you're going to need to regroup in a way, declutter, demystify, organize, in a sense, simplify your world. Embracing that makes this process easier as well. But it's difficult because you have to let go of things when you do that, right? You know, that it's so cliched, right? It's that, that old saying, it's all about the ride, right? <laughs> or whatever it is, something like that. It's the ride, that Miley Cyrus song, right? It's the ride. There's a lot of songs about that. It's a beautiful ride. That's another one. That's a, that's a Dewey Cox song. <laughs> the end of Dewey Cox. It's a good movie if you want to watch a comedy. I have decided that what I want to do is enjoy that ride. That my outcome is the ride. I think that's the best you can do. Folks, I think that's the best you can do. From what I can tell and where I'm sitting. Is that there is a way that you can make the outcome the journey. It doesn't make it any easier doesn't make the journey any easier, any less torturous. But what it does do is imbue the journey with meaning, the suffering with meaning, the sacrifice with meaning. It places you in the proper orientation, energetic position and physical position in the physical world as well to action things in response to that. To work with the universe, to work with the angels, to work with the spirits, to work with your guides, to work with God himself, to work with whatever you want to call the thing that exists out there that is just begging for you to communicate to it. Names don't matter. It's another form of compartmentalizing we do, right? There's this feeling you'll get 
as this pro as you go through this process is something like remorse and regret and it's a weird way to feel remorse and regret because it's not helpless that as you start to cultivate this process that as you start to live for the moment as you start to enjoy the to make your outcome the process itself you start to enjoy the people around them around you you realize what you're in control of and what you're not in control of right and how simple it really is. Right? I was just saying earlier that this is an extremely complicated idea. All of this is, right? That it's simple and complicated at the same time. You can control who you who you display to the world. And <laughs> what people love is authenticity. They love people loving the journey, embracing life for everything it is, right? There's something infectious about those people. There's something we need more of in that kind of individual a new kind of infection <laughs> and an, an infection that reinvigorates in a way reinvigorates love at a fundamental level self-love at a larger level, love for your community. At the broadest level, love for the process itself. Not for the individual points in time that you want to get to. Because that's not love. You can, uh, you can recognize emotional and energetic alignment through emotion. Like if you're watching right now, you can see me going through. If you're listening, you can probably hear. As you, many of you probably know, and I've gone over many times, Jordan Peterson is a big influence in my life. And there's something I noticed that started to happen in me that I noticed him describing himself before I went on this journey. At the beginning of this journey, listening to his lectures, one of the things that always struck me about the way Jordan Peterson talked and spoke was there's the, the certain genuine nature. But the way I recognized it was through this kind of emotion that you could see there was an inability even if he wanted to, to hold back 
the flood of emotion that he was expressing. There's a truth in that. There's a beauty in that. There's a sadness in that. There's a, this complicated feeling that when I get emotional in this podcast and you guys see me do this, that's what's overcoming me. Is something like a spirit of gratitude. Like, uh, like I'm so thankful for everything that I do have. Also so sad for how much I have, how little I've realized that through my life. Also motivated to make sure that I'm not that way anymore. Invigorated. Knowing that that motion that I'm feeling is love. Feeling confident that that really is what lies at the center of all things. That if you look at the emblem I made, the logo for this podcast, I haven't really talked about it before, but that I made the emblem and the logo for the podcast before I ever made it, the podcast, right? And then I kind of allowed myself to be guided to whatever I felt relevant at the time, but I didn't know what I was going to talk about in the podcast either. What I was guided to was the key with the all seeing eye in the middle of it. And I was guided to all of the very faint religious symbols you'll see around the key. Many of you may have not noticed that, but that what I did was placed each of the significant religious symbols that I could find around that key. Because even though I hadn't enunciated it yet, I knew deep down within me that there was something that was going to happen in this podcast. This Something was coming energetically that I could feel, and it was something like these things hold the key in some way. Right? And then this unfolds. It's tricky. It's slippery. It's sly. It's coy. It's comedic. It's playful. Life is, is a complicated mush. But it is that along with that complicated mush is the beauty. I, I watch tarot videos on YouTube because I, I, I find that they're helpful in aligning me. Take that with a grain of salt because you can be very misguided with some of that stuff. But one of the ladies I listen to, her name's Baba Jolie. I'll link to her in my podcast description. Just watching her earlier today and she had a quote that I really, really liked. It stuck out to me, stood out to me and actually what made me think to come out in here and it was... Chaos is the music of the universe. And I don't know if it's something... I thought there was something beautiful. There's beauty. There's truth and beauty about that, that the mushiness is something to be embraced. Chaos isn't your enemy. It's how you create reality. And with that, folks, that's going to be the Unfounded Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in again just a day later from last episode. I hope you enjoyed this version of the podcast or version episode. Uh, I sure am. And as you can tell, I'm putting a lot more energy into this because this 
is what I am energetically focused on right now. And this is what I think, this is the part of the journey I'm on. Where are you guys at? Hopefully somewhere you want to be. If not, you're where you're supposed to be. So have faith in that. And until next time, everyone, lots of love. I will talk to you all very soon. Bye-bye.